Uh, so we're up to the bottom of Samach from Bez, and I realized yesterday, I believe I made a mistake, and the Gemara is going to pick up on this point. I believe I made a mistake in explaining this. I just didn't know how to, like, because, like, I can't write on the WhatsApp, but let me let me amend it now. The Mishnah said, the Mishnah was describing the length of time that a husband and wife are, are supposed to be, uh, not to be separated. How often um, is it her right to be with her husband? So the, the Mishnah described, again, if you're a tile, we'll see what these are, once a day, and then a gamel driver is once a month, fine. The Mishnah said this line, I, I believe I misinterpreted. The Mishnah said, The Bachram leave without permission for 30 days. So it does not mean like I said, so forget what I said. What it means is like this, the Bachram are allowed to leave their wives without their permission for 30 days. Meaning, normally you're not allowed to leave your wife without her permission for a certain length of time. But Bachrim are allowed to leave their wives for 30 days to go to Yeshiva without the without the wife's permission because the assumption is that deep down they're happy that they're learning. So you're allowed to go for 30 days, Shaloi Bishos. Shaloi Bishos means uh, normally you're not allowed, like we said, we even saw yesterday, right, that Beishamei Bishil discuss what's the limitation if you make a nether, but it's either one week or two weeks. 30 days is definitely past the time, but for Talmud Torah, the, 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 the wives are mekel. So the Gemara says, Bershus Kama, let's say the wife gives permission. You see, that's without the wife's permission. They don't have to ask permission for 30 days. How long can they go if the wife gives permission? Right? Let's say the wife gives permission, how long could they go? So, come at the boy, uh, however long the wife wants, whatever. I don't know, if the wife says go by for two years, go for two years, what do I care? Says the Gemara, what's the appropriate amount of time? I mean, I'm not asking what, uh, you know, yeah, if, if the wife is, says, I don't want to see you for 30 years, technically you can leave for 30 years, but the question is, what's the appropriate, you know, what's the rabbinic endorsed amount of time that a husband should leave his wife to learn? So, Amarav, Chodesh Khan, Chodesh Khan. So Rab's opinion is that the Bachram should split up the year, month in yeshiva, month at home. So half the year at home, half the year away. Shneemar, what's the source? Because Because the Pasuk describes that when it comes to the service of David HaMelech, people would go serve the king, they would go one month at home, one month to serve the king. One month at home, one month to serve the king. So you see that serving, the, serving of one month on and off is an appropriate amount of time. Rav Yechonamer, no. He says, one month in learning, two months at home. So it's one, one, month, one month away, two months at home. That's the ratio that's appropriate. Because the Pasuk describes that when they were getting the resources for the Beis Hamikdash and they were cutting down the cedars of Lebanon, the workers would work one month away and two months at home. So you see that that was the appropriate amount of time. Okay, so the Gemara says, Rav Nami my time Why does Rav not use the pasuk of the building of the base Hamikdash, which was one month at home, one month away, two months at home? He says that's not fair because there were so many people who were willing to work in the base Hamikdash. They could, you didn't need to to be there so often. It was just one month away and two months at home. But for learning Torah, where you're the one who's learning, it should be one month at home, one month away, not one month at home, one month away, two months at home. Because by the Beis Hamikdash, again, by the Beis Hamikdash, it was one month um, away working, two months at home. Rav doesn't like that because he says, yeah, the Beis Hamikdash, every Jew was willing to work, so there was no short, short uh, there was no, um, yeah, you know, there was no, sh- it wasn't shorthand. But when it comes to learning Taira, it should be one month away, one month at home. Okay. Rav Yechanan Omar, 
My time in Loyomahi, why does Rav Yechon not like the source of Rav, which is one month away, one month at home, learning from the serving of the base, uh, serving of Davin Amelech? Shani Yosem, Deisle Ravacha. He says, yeah, that's not a good source. You know how much money they were making if he's serving the king? He's making a lot of money. So, of course, so one month away, one month at home, because that's a job. This is Tyra. Tyra, you're not making money over here, so maybe you should be home more often. So, it, it's, it's, it's unclear of, uh, you know, that's why he doesn't like the other source. Okay, now that we mentioned this Machlekes Rav and Rav Yechanan, we're going to mention a completely unrelated Machlekes Rav and Rav Yechanan. And it's hard to know exactly what these, the, this Gemara means. The Gemara says, Amarav, Anocha Sheveris Chatsi Guvishaladim. Sighing, krechzing. Like, the Gemara clearly says that that's not a good thing. The question is, how much of the body does it break? Again, it's hard to know what does it mean half. So I saw some of Farsham say, he says it breaks half the body. So I saw it means. Yeah, like uh, like a sigh, like. Uh, oh, is it the physical? Physical, no, physical, physical. physical uh, well, well, it's the physical that it's uh, 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 an expression of the emotional. But what does it mean? It breaks half the body. So I saw some say it means that it breaks the emotional element of the body, not the physical element of the body. I have to know exactly what this means. Shnemar ben adam hanach tenach. The pasuk says that when you that the sighing breaks the loins, so it breaks the lower half of the body. Rav says, no, sighing breaks the whole body. The Pasuk says, this is destroying the Churban, that people are going to ask you, why are you sighing? Your whole body is getting destroyed, and your whole body is melting, because you're going to tell them because of the Churban. So you see that sighing destroys the whole body. So it's either half the body or whole the body. Okay. Rav Masnayim. Doesn't, what does Rav Yechonin do with the Pasuk that says that it breaks the loins? I thought it breaks the whole body. Rav Yechonin says it breaks the whole body, but the Pasuk says it breaks the loins. So that's only half the body. The answer is, uh, what it means is, it'll break the whole body, but it starts with the loin. That's where it starts, but eventually it'll break the whole body. Sighing. Again, I, you have to know exactly the whole body, half. Again, like I said, I think Maral says that half is the first half, the lower half is the physical, then the other half is the emotional. So it's basically telling you that when you like outward um, depression, like being sad and all this, it could affect your emotional state as well, which is pretty uh, pretty simple. How did, how, did, how did we get onto the subject of science? This is just a machlekes rav and We mentioned one machlekes rav and we're just going to go into another one. So the Gemara says, Rav who says that it only breaks half the body, but the Pasuk says it breaks the whole body. The answer is, Shani Shmua the Beis to Kivatuva. The answer is, that's, that, that's not just sighing, that's sighing because of the Churban. The Churban will break the whole body. Okay. What's interesting is the Gemara is saying that hearing about the Churban could break the whole body. The Gemara now is going to amend that unfortunately over time you get used to it. It's like anything else. That Pasuk had described the whole body being broken, that was when they heard about the Chorban. But now the Gemara is going to say that now if I tell you about the Chorban, it doesn't do the same effect because unfortunately we're used to it. The Gemara says the following story. There was a Jew and a non-Jew that were traveling together. But the Jew was walking too fast. The non-Jew couldn't keep up with him. So he wanted to slow the Jew down. So he wanted to like depress them a little bit, so slow them down so that they can keep up. So the guy uh, mentioned the churban to try to like depress the Jew a little bit, slow him down. He's walking too fast. So nogid v'isnach. So the Jew uh, sighed. 
But it still didn't slow him down. <laughs> like he sighed, but he kept going. So the Gemara, the Gemara says, the guy said to him, And the guy said, I thought if you sigh, it breaks the, half the body. I made you sigh, you heard the Chorvan, why are you not slowing down? So the Jew says, sighing only breaks the body when it's from a new shock. It's a new sad, sad, uh, sad, sad uh, news. But Avol, Hadishanan, but something that you're used to already, it doesn't affect you. The Amri Inchi, the Mafalchi Tachli Loi Vasa, something that's uh, that's not shocking. It's it, it doesn't it's something that you sort of you used to pain. So the, this Jew saying, unfortunately, the Churban, it doesn't you know, and I'm, I'm used to it already, so it doesn't it doesn't uh, doesn't affect me. Okay, so the next thing in the Mishnah was that we mentioned the Tayolin. Tayolin were Jews that were supposed to be with their wives every day because they were home every day, basically. The amount of time that a wife can have the rights to her husband to be with her, having relations, it just depends on the job. They, they used to not have nine to five. So depending on the work, if you were a guy who was working and you were away six days a week, you're only responsible, obviously, to be with your wife once a week. But if you're at home every day, so you're supposed to be with her every day. Tayolin were at home every day. So the Gemara was, a, what is a Tayolin? What profession is a Tayolin? My Tayolin. So, a couple of opinions. Amrav b'nei Pirki. The first answer is Kailul guys. B'nei Pirki. People learn. They're home at night, right? The Kailul guys are home at night. So, because they, they don't have a job, they're just learning. They're supposed to be with their wives every day. Now, the Gemara doesn't like this because the Gemara says, How do you say a Kailul guy is at night? He's supposed to be learning all day and all night. What do you mean? He's, he's not at home. He's not, you know, he's not watching TV at night. What are you talking about? He's supposed to be learning. Amr le Abaya, Mandich regarding. Kailu members that it says about them. That they get up early in the morning. They eat sad bread. And it gives to their eyes to keep their uh, eyes away from sleep. The Gemara interprets this. What is this? Who is this referring to? That their eyes don't get sleep. These are their wives. That their wives. Uh, you know, are trying to keep their eyes open, waiting for their husbands, but they'll get oilam haba. So their wives are waiting up for them. I mean, the Bach, they, these guys are learning. They're not home at night. Va'at amrit b'nei pirka, and you're telling me that they're the people that are supposed to be with their wives every night. Kilo, they're home every. They're not home every night. That's the whole point. Their wives are like, and if they come home, they come home super late. So the Gemara says. So that can't be the Tayolim. El Amrabaya Kidarav. Damarav Kigoyin of Shmuel Barshilis. You know who's a person who's a Tayol who would, should be with his wife every day? Rav Shmuel Barshilis. Who was Rav Shmuel Barshilis? So Rashi explains he was a Cheder Rebbe. So Cheder Rebbe, think about it. They don't make a lot of money, but they're home, right? They don't have strenuous jobs. They're not like backbreaking labor. Um, they, they're not staying up all night learning because they have to get rest because they have to teach the next day so that that's the type of profession that 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 conceptually should be with his wife every night because then it's not a kailu guy is supposed to be learning that's his job so he's supposed to be learning 24 7 uh, a cheder rebbe is not supposed to be learning 24 7 so a cheder rebbe that's Morris is like roshmul barshilis like you think roshmul barshilis is wealthy he's not wealthy but he has whatever whatever he's going to make he makes he eats his own food meaning he's not like on a stipend he has a job he sleeps in his own house, and he hasn't, doesn't have to deal with taxes, meaning it's not like he's a super wealthy guy that has to deal with a high-level taxes that could be stressful. So that's the type of profession. Okay, that's one shot of what Tayolin are. Ravin says, Tayolin are the people that are just very healthy. The people of Marova, 
they were there were some people over there they were into super health because part of being able to you have to realize for them at least back then I don't know, to be with your wife every night you have to have strength so benefanki the marava these were Jews that were careful about their health careful about their weight they worked out those people were capable uh, that's what Tayolon are. The Gemara gives an example of these in-shape people. Ravoa Koi Bani. He was in a, um, a bathhouse. They, 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 the bathhouses and the bathrooms, they, 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 they were not structurally sound because the water was eroding at the, um, at the base. And the Gemara says, Have a avdi. He's walking with two of his, like, Gabai's servants, whatever. Ibchas Bani Metutya. The floor collapsed beneath them. This happened a couple times throughout Shas. Isram Amuda. But this, who is this Rav Avo? So um, he grabbed a pillar. Have uh, a uh, I'm sorry, Salik uh, Vaskinu. And not only did he get up, he grabbed two people with him and pulled them up. That's the type of strength of those people that were in uh, in very good shape. Okay. Now the Gemara mentions another story. Rav Yechanan. This is interesting. Also, Rav Yechanan because Salik Rav Yechanan was walking. Um, up the ladders or stairs, have a Ravami Ravasi, and he's being supported by Ravami Ravasi. Okay, there's an older Rav being supported. Rav Yechonon was also a larger man, but but again, it seems to be he was older because he's being supported by Ravami Ravasi, his students. Ibchis Dargatute, the floors, the steps uh, collapsed beneath them. Salik Vaskinu, he grabbed hold of the step and, like, you know, climbed up with Ravami Ravasi. He's schlepping them. So the Gemara says, they said, if you're so strong that you could schlep them up, why are, why are you helping? Why are they helping you? He says, if I use up all my strength now, what's going to be when I'm older? Meaning, of course, I'm capable of walking up myself, but I got to res- I got to preserve my strength for when I'm older. So, so he's he was a very strong individual, but he's like, why why should I walk? I'll save my strength. To quote Rabbi Bergman about me I, when I was. <laughs> When I was sixteen, he says, "Avi is so old. What's going to be when you're old?" So you have to, you know. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta reserve that strength for when you're older. Okay, I don't know if that works, but okay. Now the Mishnah then said that people that are poyalim, laborers, twice a week, because they would come home twice a week. That's when they should be with their wives. Vatanya poyalim achas The problem is the Brisa says poyalim these workers once a week. So is it once a week or twice a week? So the answer is very simple. Where are they working? It depends. If they're working in the town, so they're home twice a week. If they're working in a neighboring town, they're home once a week. So it just depends on when they're home. Very simple. The Bryce similarly states, that Poilim should be with their wives twice a week, because that's when they're home. And this is only true if they work in their city, so they're home twice a week. If they're working uh, in a different town, then they're only home once a week. You can only expect them to be with their wives when they're in town. Okay. Donkey um, drivers once a week, because that's when they were home. Here's the kasha, okay? It's an interesting kasha, because I was thinking about this. We said yesterday, if someone makes a neder not to be with his wife, and it's too long of a delay, they have to get divorced. What's the amount of time? One week or two weeks? Okay, let's go with base Hillel, that it's two weeks. Okay, that's statement number one. Statement number two is the Mishnah now lists jobs that... When they, when a person can be with his wife, uh, has to be with his wife, the overwhelming majority of the jobs are like once a month. 
right? Every, every you know, ship, uh, 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 fishermen once every six months, the uh, camel drivers once a month. So I don't understand. So when, so who is the problem? Basilo says that if you make a nether not to be with your wife, after two weeks you get divorced. So that's obviously referring to people that can't be referring to a camel driver, right? Because a camel driver was home once a month. Meaning, meaning the kasha is like this. You have Basil who says two weeks is the max. But then you have a whole list of workers that are lichachila, allowed to only be with their wives once a month, once every six months, once every five months. So what's the answer? It must be Basil is referring to the people that are supposed to be more frequently. So Basil's big shita, which we thought was this like across-the-board rule that if you make a nether not to be with your wife for two weeks, it's a problem, that's not true. So with the kasha is like this. So Basil started off by saying this like blanket statement. If, you're not, if you make a nether not to be with your wife for two weeks, get divorced. But now we're saying, I don't know, that should not be so posh because if you have 80% of the professions, you don't have to be with your wife. So Basil was dafka talking about a tayo or a poyo, that's it. Or maybe a camel, a donkey driver. Those three. Every other profession, seemingly Beis Hill is not referring to. So the Gemara says, So Beis Hill's whole shita, which we thought was a blanket statement, only applies to the people that are supposed to be with their wives more frequently than two weeks? So the answer is, No. Go to the next page. Akulu. Beis Hill was a blanket statement that applies to every profession. The answer is, you're a camel driver, yeah? When are you supposed to be with your wife? Halachically? Min- maximum is once a month. No, no taina on you if it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's only once a month. But if you make a nether not to be with your wife, you get divorced. Why? Because meaning that's a rule throughout Shas that people like to have options. They don't like to feel trapped. So yes, if, you're, if you marry a camel driver, realistically, you're only going to be together once a month. But you know what? What if he gets off? What if he gets a, a, a promotion? What if something happens that, that he comes home? It's possible. When you make a nether, I'm not going to be with my wife for one month, you have to get divorced. Even though it's the same amount of time, but mentally, she knows that she's cut off for a month, that is grounds for divorce. So that's the answer. The answer is that when Basil said their statement that more than two weeks you have to get divorced, that was across the board to every profession. Even the professions that you don't have to be with your wife very frequently, but cutting her off, that's mentally worse than just having a profession where she knows realistically he's not going to be home because at least he could be home. So therefore, when you cut her off, that's grounds for divorce. Okay. Amar le Chamor Here's a shayla. You have a guy who's a donkey driver, which is once a week to be with his wife, but he wants to change professions to be a camel driver. He'll make more money, but he'll be with her less. The question is, is does he have the right to do so? Does she have the right to say, I'm not interested? So do we say that people, basically the question is, do we assume a wife is more interested in money or in the relationship? So the Gemara says, A woman would rather have less money and be with her husband than more money and be separated. So he is not allowed to go from a donkey driver to a camel driver, even though he's going to make more money because he's going to have to be away three weeks out of the month. And, and you don't even have to ask her. We assume that she's not masking to such a thing. Okay, fine. The Gemara continues, Amrav Bruna Marav Halacha Krav Lazar. The Halacha follows Rav Lazar that uh, fishermen are once every six months. Amrav Adabarav Amrav Zudiv Rav Lezer. Okay, 
Oh, so you said the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, how long could Bachim go away without asking their wives? 30 days. The Gemara says, that's the Shita of Eliezer. The Chachamim actually say, a Bachar can leave his wife for two to three years to learn Torah without asking permission. Two to three years. They're very different, by the way, very different life back then. But two to three years, that was what was allowed. But says the Gemara, very fascinating Gemara, Amarava, Samchurabana the Rabbah the Barava. Bachram followed this approach of going away for two to three years. However, they're putting their lives in danger. It's a very famous Gemara that while it's technically allowed, you're putting your life in danger. Meaning, while technically you can be away with, from your wife for that long, but it's a dangerous proposition. Why? Rav Ruchumi was a Talmud of Rava. This Rav Rechumi would go home once a year. Erevim Kippur. So he would stay in Yeshiva 353 days a year. Erevim Kippur he would go home, and that's when he would be with his wife. So that was, he would go home once a year. So that one Erevim Kippur, he's learning, and he's getting engrossed in learning, and uh, he forgot to go home. Have a Masachi Debisu. So his wife is standing outside of the house, She's looking for him. Hashta osi, hashta osi. Oh, he's probably coming now. He's probably coming now. But the Gemara says loyosa, but he didn't end up coming. So cholish daita. So she got sad. Ochis dimosa meinaha. A tear fell from her from her cheek. Havayosibigra. At the moment that she cried, he was sitting on the roof learning. The roof collapsed and he died. So there's a very famous Yisoyed from Chaim Shmulevitz. Chaim Shmulevitz has a Yisoyed, it's one of his like major Yisoyedists in Sichas Moser, that he, he used to describe it as hurting another Jew is like putting your hand in fire. You could have all the, it's basically the road to hell is paved in good intentions. You, you could have all the good intentions in the world. If you put your hand in a fire, you're going to burn yourself. And he says, it's a fire that basically is a reckless fire. Because he said, think about it. This case is actually his source for it. Because he said like this, his wife is sad that he's not home once a year. And what's the punishment? He's dead. So he's never coming home. It doesn't even make sense. So, so what, what, like, how is this proper reward? <laughs> like, how does it make sense? You ask the wife, you know, punishment for him not coming home is he's dead now. Well, then he's never coming home. So you see from here that when Hashem sees a Jew in pain, there's sort of like a blind rage. And it doesn't talk him, it's not, you know, he also uses to explain Chana and Penina. Penina would push Chana and, and goad Chana to get her to Davin. And the Gemara in Baba Bas just says that Penina lost, was it 11 children? 13 children? How many children did Penina lose? 11 children. She lost 11 children as punishment. So he says, I don't understand. She had a good cheshman. She was doing Lashem Shemaim. And the answer is, you can have all these cheshmanis you want. You heard another Jew, you're putting yourself in fire. So that's, uh, that's, that's from this Gemara. Okay. The Gemara says, How often should a Tamil Chacham be with his wife? So Amr Rav Yehuda Mar Shmuel Me'er Shabbos Le'er Shabbos Once a week Friday night Asher Pir Yitim Bi'itai The fruits in their proper time Rav Yehuda Be'itamer Rav Yehuda Be'itamer Rav Huna Be'itamer Rav Nachman Zamasham Shmitas Me'er Shabbos Le'er Shabbos This is a Friday night So the Aina of Tami Lecham was Friday night Because that's where they're home they, they have no There's no stresses uh, I guess there's less stresses So Friday night that was the time Yehuda B'raid Rav Chia Chasne De Rav Yanai So Yehuda was the son-in-law of Rav Yanai he would sit and learn all week. And every Friday night he would come home to be with his wife. And every Friday night when he would walk home on Friday night to his wife, you'd actually see it. There was a pillar of fire. 
I don't know if it was visible to everybody or just to the tzaddikim. There would be a pillar, pillar of fire, basically like escorting uh, this uh, this Rav Yehuda. So the Gemara says, One Friday night he was engrossed in learning and he didn't come home. So when Rav Yana, his father-in-law, looked outside and didn't see the pillar of fire coming, Rav Yana said, we should turn over the beds, meaning... Yeah, call Masaskin because there's no, if he was alive, he would be here. So he got worried and he said, turn over the beds, which is a sign of mourning. Because if Yehuda was alive, he would be here. The Gemara says, There's such a concept that when Sadiqim say things, it's, uh, it's it, even if they don't intend to be a curse, it can. So he, he wasn't actually dead, but that kind of did it. So the Gemara says, okay, the following story. Now, th- this story, I think, is important just to tell us that the custom in Bavel, we're talking about leaving their wives. We all know the famous Rav Akiva story, which is in tomorrow's daf, that he he left for 12 years, right? And then, then he came back, and then she said, I wish he left for another 12 years. So 12 years was the custom. Right after marriage, they would leave for 12 years. That This is where the custom, the Gemara is going to mention the custom now. Rebbe Iyasik Lebre Be Rav Rebbe was having a shidduch with the house of Rav Chia. So it was his son and Rav Chia's daughter. When they were about to have the ksuba, meaning to have the wedding, Rav Chia's daughter died. So the future daughter-in-law passed away. So Rebbe was afraid that the reason why she died was because maybe there was a problem in the yichus. Rebbe was from the Nesim, Rebbe was from the kingdom of David, and he felt that maybe Rav Chia's daughter passed away because she wasn't worthy of entering his family. So they wanted to look into the Yichus, they looked into the Yichus of both families. So Rebbe Asim is Shaftil ben Avital. Rebbe came from Shaftil ben Avital, which was the son of, son of David. He came from David Amel's uh, family directly. Rav Chia Asi Mishmaya Achi David. Rav Chia came from David's brother, not from kingdom, not from... Uh, royalty, and he felt, the Rebbe felt, that's why the Shidduch didn't work. So, the next Shidduch for his son, he didn't want to have this problem again, so he was Meshadich, his son, with a Baskayin. Because a Baskayin has royalty of being from the Kahuna. Right? You, basically, Rebbe either wanted royalty of David HaMelech's family, or Kahuna. So, So, his son is now engaged to the daughter of Yosef ben Zimra, who is a Kayin. So poskile tarti sarishnin lamezel be rav. So they decided that after the engagement, after the kedushin, before the nesuin, he's going to learn for twelve years before the wedding. Twelve years before the wedding. It's a cute story. So they were supposed to go away for twelve years. He was supposed to leave his wife for twelve years before the wedding. He met his wife once. You know they had the minig of it. He liked her, so he said, "I'm going to go away for six years." And then, then I'll get married. I mean, let's let's cut it because I don't. Know, he felt that she was she had a lot of chayin, so he met her and he said, uh, maybe maybe we'll get married after six years. They met a second time. Maybe we should make the wedding first, and then then, then I'll go away. He didn't want to wait. But Rebbe's son was embarrassed from his father because he thought that his father would be upset that he wants to have like the chuppah first, like you know, you're going after Taivas. So Gemara says, but Amr Das 
uh, Rebbe said, actually what you're doing is appropriate. You should have the chuppah first and, and forge that relationship, and then you'll be able to learn for 12 years. And this is the way of Hashem. It says, It says you plant the trees, and then you build the base of So you plant the trees, meaning have the chuppah, make a foundation, and then, and then after 12 years, then learn and build the mishkan. So they, they have the chuppah together, they live together once, then they separate for 12 years. Now again, this is one of those uh, med- medicine differences. There was a concept throughout Shas. We've had this before, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was either in Yvamis or Shavis, that in one of those like uh, medicine gemaras, that if you live with a woman once and then separate for 10 years, it can cause her to be sterile. Such a messias. Which is why, again, obviously not anymore, but which is why they didn't do the chuppah and then separate for 12 years. They would separate 12 years before the chuppah, but Rebbe's son wanted to have ma- uh, get married first. So he gets married, lives with her once, separates for 12 years to learn, comes back, and she's sterile. That's not good. So the Gemara says, it's a, a miracle story. Amr Rebbe, so Rebbe, the father-in-law said, Hechi Navid, what are we supposed to do here? He finds out that his daughter-in-law is sterile. So he says, Nigrisha, if I ask them to get divorced, they're going to say, you know how not nice it is? to." You know what they're going to say? Rebbe's son made her wait 12 years just to get divorced. Could have divorced her 12 years ago. They're going to say, what a jerk. So Rebbe said, I can't have him get divorced. Have, her get, have him have a second wife. Right? They could have polygamy was allowed. The problem is, they're going to say, he's got one wife for children and one wife for relations. They're gonna, which is, what, if you remember the, 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 what they did in the Mabel time. So, so what did he do? He davened, and a miracle happened, she got better. Meaning, Rabbi said, the only choice is for her to get better. One more story. I think one more story, and then we'll, we'll stop. Rav Hananya ben, uh, two more stories. Rav Hananya ben Chanichoy, Rav Hanani ben Ichoi got married, and, and I'm sorry, he got engaged, and he was going to yeshiva for 12 years. As he's going, Rav Shimba Yechoi got married, and Rav Shimba Yechoi said, wait for me till after Sheva Brachas, I'll join you. Okay. The Gemara says, Rav Shimba Yechoi said, wait for me, I'll, after Sheva Brachas, I'll, I'll join you uh, to yeshiva. But he did not wait. Now, by the way, this little anecdote of that he did not wait for Rav is not necessary for the rest of the story at all. It, so I thought, I read the story, you sound like it matters. So I checked the Ben Yayada. Rav Ben Chanichai got engaged and he was going to learn for 12 years in yeshiva. As he's leaving, Rav said, I just got married, wait for after Shavrach, so I'll join you. He said, I'm not waiting. And he left. That little part is completely unnecessary for the story. Um, so... It's a miracle story with Rukhanan ben Chanichoy. So I checked the Ben Yadah says the reason why this is part of the story is because you think it's like a bad thing that he didn't want to wait for Rukhanan ben Chanichoy. He says, no, he didn't want to wait. He, he felt his bitl Torah. He, and what he did was right. In the schus of him not waiting, the miracle is going to happen at the end of the story. Okay. So he sits for 12 years in Yeshiva. Adaosi, when he comes back, by the time he comes back, his neighborhood is unrecognizable because it's been 12 years, they've built buildings. So he doesn't know where he lives. Which sticks. So he doesn't know where to find his house. So he sits by the river. He hears women saying to Baschanichoi, which he recognized was the name of his wife, um, oh, fill up the fill up the barrel, whatever. 
So he, re- he says, that must be my wife, because that's what they're calling her. So he walks over to her. So she's grinding wheat at the house. He walks in. She looks up, sees her husband, and the fright, um, the, the shock of him being home, and they didn't have calendars either. I don't know if she knew there was 12 years. Uh, he, she had a heart attack and died, which stinks. So the Gemara says, so that's her reward for waiting for me for 12 years and learning that she has a heart attack when I walk in. She was Mechaya. Now, the, the Gemara says, no, sorry, sorry, Ben Yadah says, it was the schos of him not waiting. Okay. Rav, one more story. Rav Chama Barbisa, Ozl Yosef Trey Sari Shni Bebe Midrasha. Rav Chama Barbisa went to learn for 12 years. He said when he came back, he's like, I'm not going to make that mistake of Barchanichai. I'm not surprising my wife. You surprise your wife, she might have a heart attack. I'm not doing that. So what did he do? He sits in the base medrash. He sends a message to his wife. My, your husband is home. Well, that's a smart thing. So he has the friend send the message. Your husband is, is, is home in the base medrash. Now, Now this is all happening. So he's sitting in the base medrash waiting for his wife to find out that he's home. While he's sitting there, his son walks in. Now, he doesn't know this is his son. Because think about it. He lives with his wife a couple times, whatever. Then leaves to yeshiva. So this is this 12-year-old kid. He doesn't know it's his son. It happens to be Rav Oishia, a future Rav Oishia, a young scholar. He doesn't know this is his son. Yosef Kameh have a kamashal ashmaitis. He starts learning with this kid, starts asking this question. The kid's very impressive. Chazet shmaita. So he sees this kid's very impressive. Again, it's his son. And he starts getting sad. He says, I should have stayed home. If I would have stayed home and taught, you know, I remember my wife was pregnant when I left, it's a chaval I left to yeshiva because if I would have stayed home and taught my son, he would be as smart as this kid. Not realizing that this is his actual son. Olabe says, so he, okay, pause. His wife finds out that he's home. He goes home. After he's home, the kid walks in. He doesn't know this is his son. He thinks it's the kid with more shilas and what he wants to continue learning. So come, come. So he stands up for this kid. His savar l'mishal shmaita kaboy because he thought the kid was coming to learn. So he stood up. He was very impressed with this kid. Samer le debisu miyka abed dekoy mekame bra. So the wife said, "Where do we find a father standing up for the son? Meaning that's your kid. Don't you know have to stand up?" So the gemara says, "Karle rami barchama hachutam shulos shleim reheinosik." So I said about this family that a a, a strand, a, a rope of three strands, will not rip easily. Zerav oishia bnei shirav chami barbisa. That's the son of Rav oishia, the son of chami barbisa. Um, hold on one second. Um, I just want to see one thing, and then we'll end with this. Uh, what's the three strands? You have Rav Oishio, who's the son of Rav Chami Barbisa. Oh, the son of Rav Chama, the son of Barbisa. So th- this was the lineage. You had Rav Oishio, the grandson, Rav Chama, the son, and Barbisa, the grandfather, and they were all very choshev, and that was the lineage. Tomorrow we'll continue with the bottom of this Gemara, which is the story of Rav Akiva's uh, the famous story of Rabbi Kiva dating his wife. Uh, we'll pick that up tomorrow, Bezashem.